As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. At Team Toyota, they've been selling and servicing new and used Toyotas in your community for over 50 years. And you can reserve your next new Toyota with them today. You'll get a realistic timeline, and even in this crazy market, they won't charge you over MSRP. Or don't wait at all. With over 75 certified Toyotas, including a bunch of RAV4 and Highlanders, you can drive one home today. And you can always trust them to maintain your current vehicle. Their service and collision centers are high-tech, comfortable, and will save you time and money. Team Toyota can help you go anywhere you want, but they'll always be your hometown team. Just visit teamtoyota.net and choose from three locations in Langhorne, Glen Mills, or Princeton. Hello, and thanks for checking out the Phillies Talk podcast the morning after a game one win in Atlanta in the first game of the NLDS. I'm Corey Seidman. He's Jim Salisbury. And Jim, wow, the Phillies just, uh, they're playing really well right now. They're a confident bunch. Uh, they jumped right on Max Fried, the, the tough Atlanta lefty in game one. And they kind of just led from there, maintained the lead, and it got scary late. But Phillies have won in a couple different ways here. They've won with a late comeback. They've won with pitching and defense. And in game one in Atlanta, they won with the bats. Yeah, I get an early lead, build on it, and hang on for dear life. <laughs> but, um, you know, they got some real clutch pitching along the way. Um, you know, I think Ranger Suarez, I mean, he wasn't what I would say good. I mean, he walked five batters, um, only lasted three and a third. But, you know, he, he got some really big outs. Um, in, in real pressure situations. I mean, he, in that, I'm looking at my score sheet here. He gets that that um, double play on Contreras in the first inning. And Contreras was like 6 for 14 against him. Um, and then he gets that big strikeout of Darno, who had homered an inning earlier. He gets the strikeout of Darno, bases loaded uh, in the third inning. Um, so those were, you know, he, he allowed a lot of base runners, but he did a heck of a job managing or, or limiting the damage. Um, but, you know, it's amazing what, what an early lead can do for a team. I mean, if they get four, two out hits, a couple early runs, and they keep tagging on and um, big outs in the bullpen along the way, preserving that lead because Ranger was only three and a third. So you really got to go deep into your bullpen. Andrew Bellotti uh, got two big outs. Brad Hand, two big outs. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, as good as we've seen him really all season um, for the power and the command and the pitch economy and allowed him to go two innings, get six big outs, Alvarado, three big outs. And then, you know, Zach Eflin, uh, he, he struggled in the ninth inning, allows a couple hits and a three run home run. Um, and with, you know, big assist from Nick Castellanos and then he ends the game on, on a ground ball. He got, 
two big outs made you nervous as hell, but uh, you know they they closed it out. So my lasting image of the day is yeah, they it kind of the offense kind of stacked the pennies. You know, hey, you know when is a single not good enough? Uh, got a bunch of them. Put some run home, runs home. They played some good defense, though Ranger was not, you know, what I would say, um, outstanding. He he got big clutch outs when he had to after he put runners on base, and the work of the, those handful of relievers I mentioned, um, and then you know Nick Castellanos, three hits, three RBIs, all in the first four innings, a run scored, and then. He, you know, what may have been a game-saving catch in right field. So it was kind of his signature game of his tenure with the Phillies. Um, everybody chipped in. Everybody pitched in. They've won three in a row here in the postseason. And, boy, they are really, you know, feeling good about themselves. Um, one of the things about baseball is is you can build this momentum and um, this esprit de corps, whatever you want to call it, chemistry. Um, belief in yourself, and, and and they've done that over these last uh, in St. Louis, and now in in Atlanta. And we'll see if they can keep it going. They're in a really good spot. It's a, it's a you know best of five series. They're up one zero, and they got their two pitchers, best pitchers, ready to go. That's a good spot to be in. The story of the first half of Game One was that the Phillies were coming through with their opportunities with men on base, with men in scoring position, as the Phillies were stranding those Braves runners. Because man, did the Braves have traffic against Ranger Suarez, but, you know, Nick Castellanos, as you said, was the star of the show, not just the hits, but the timeliness of those hits. First yep. inning with two outs, um, his second at bat, he doubles to put two men in scoring position in an inning where the Phillies score even more. Uh, then the, the two-run single came with two outs. As you mentioned, the you know, the, the importance of the ninth inning catch, if that ball drops in or if it gets past him and becomes extra bases, Man, man, does everything get scary against Zach Eflin and, and the Phillies in that ninth inning. Potentially all the momentum of the series could switch. So yeah. this was the kind of game Phillies fans were waiting for from Nick Castellanos all season. I mean, I just think back to all those opportunities he had throughout the season where, you know, he'd come up with like first and second, nobody out, or uh, just, just clutch spots and didn't make the sort of contact uh, the Phillies would have expected from a guy that had so much success the prior five seasons. But Man, that was a, a huge game from him, and you wonder if it's something that he can carry forward himself throughout the rest of the postseason. He's extremely important batting behind Bryce Harper. Well, he was extremely important from day one. That's why they gave him $100 million. Um, you know, with that contract and with a new team, sometimes guys just try to do too much. And um, His first two hits yesterday went to the right side. Um, that was a good sign because when he's at his best – he is a guy who hits the ball the other way with authority, you know, gappers. And then um, he hits it hard, you know, in, stays inside the ball, hits it hard the other way. So, you know, two of his balls went that way. That was, I think that was a good sign. Maybe something will click for him. And I mean, man, that would be like adding an extra big bat. Um, Hoskins and uh, Real Mo uh, I'm sorry, Hoskins and Schwarber at the top have, have been slow coming out of the gate. Uh, but that's what a good team does. That you know they pick each other up. Harper's starting to swing it pretty good. Um, but you know that that early seven-one lead. You know it might have been seven-seven if 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 Ranger doesn't get those big outs. I mean he just for as shaky as he was, allowing three hits and five walks, he got some huge huge outs early in that game to keep that team in it. 
and um, and, and that bullpen, Sir Anthony, and but you know, guys under the radar, like I said, Bellotti and Hand, Hand coming back from the IL and getting a couple big outs, and you know, and then Brogdon and Eflin, you know, sputter a little bit, but they had built a, built a big enough lead where it all stood up. But I mean, you're right about that catch. If and I think one thing we have to point out is, you know, they didn't sign Castellanos to be their right fielder. He's out there. He was going to be a DH and play a little bit of outfield, but um, he's not a premium defender. It's not his strength, but it, it certainly was, you know, with one out in the ninth inning um, on Tuesday, he turned it into two outs. And if that ball gets by him, if, even if that ball drops in, I mean, all of a sudden that dugout, that infield and that pitcher's mound where Zach Eflin is, all of a sudden everybody is tight as a drum. And it just, you know, it is tough to perform when you're tight. And this place got loud. Uh, it, it could have really gotten – it almost got away from them. It could have really gotten away from that catch in addition to becoming the second out of the bottom of the ninth inning. It was a momentum shifter. You know, it, it – it stopped Atlanta's momentum, dead in its tracks. It was a backbreaker for Atlanta because now, you know, you have one out left and there's nobody on base. Uh, and the momentum swung back to the Phillies because they all felt good about what Castellanos did. So he really delivered at the plate and in the field. It was his signature moment uh, as a Philly. And, um, I mean, hats off to him. I'm very happy for him. Another Philly who was, you know, extremely important, was instrumental in the game one win, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Two Ooh. just two overpowering, brilliant innings against the Braves, really just going through the top of their order. For his first inning was Acuna, Swanson, Riley, one, two, three, like it was nothing. Uh, this was a two-inning appearance for Dominguez. He hadn't gone two innings since May 20th of 2019. So we're looking at, you know, three and a half years ago. Uh but he was perfect in those two innings, and he looked dominant. It's kind of cool to hear national announcers gush about a guy like that. You know, we're used to seeing him all the time, but they're not. So to hear, you know, Joe Davis uh, and uh, Joe Davis and John Smoltz just talking about, wow, like 100 with movement like that. Yeah. Sir Anthony Dominguez was great. Jose Alvarado was very good. Yeah. So, you know, with David Robertson out, a couple of Phillies relievers really stepping up there late in the game. And the key to Sir Anthony, I mean, Sir Anthony was a huge key to that game because he, he got six outs for them. He, he, he ate up, you know, two innings, and he went through the top six batters in that lineup, striking out three of them. And then he went through the top two hitters in the Cardinals lineup the other night, striking out Goldschmidt and um, uh, Nolan Arenado. So those are big confidence boosters. I mean, he's got, you know, five strikeouts in his last two and two-thirds innings. I mean, he's got to be feeling on top of the world. And that confidence is so important for any player. So, um you know, the reason he was able to go two innings, he only threw 10 pitches in the first inning. I think he only threw 18 total. I mean, it's the playoffs. They say he's healthy. He's riding a, a good wave. He's got some confidence. You know, I, I sure hope he's able to go back-to-back -back days and be available on Wednesday in, in game two. That would be a big, big thing for the Phillies, especially with an off day coming up. Because, I mean, you need to ride your horses here. Um, you know, they've taken good care of him all year. He had that. DL stint late, their IL stint late. We've got a rest there, but um, you know, you know. Hopefully, he's ready to go tonight if if they need him um, late in the game. I'm not sure where things are going to lie with Eflin. You know, maybe tonight's the night you go to surf for the close. And 
or maybe maybe Wheeler takes your, you know, uh, you know, pretty deep, and you can go right to him. So we'll see. Uh, but it's, it's important that he's available. Alvarado did a good job. I think he only threw eleven pitches. He should be available. Uh, this is why you know they have those you know guidelines about not not using guys three days in a row during the season, not wearing guys out because this is the time of the year. October is when you got to ride your horses. So. I think it was really big. Both of those guys kept their pitch count in order because I, I would think they could be available in, in game two. Game two is Zach Wheeler versus Kyle Wright. Looks like there's a little rain in the forecast as Jim and I sit down to do this in the morning. So hopefully, you know, this game gets on without a hitch. But Zach Wheeler in his 10 starts against the Braves as a Philly has averaged like six and two thirds innings. He's taken them very deep in the games, pitched extremely well. A 204 ERA, a .93 whip. And Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are both on a roll. They both have consecutive scoreless inning streaks of exactly 14 and a third innings that they carry into games two and three. So, you know, the Phillies take game one. No more home field advantage in this series for the Braves. You know, it's two games, two more games in Atlanta at most, two more games in Philly at most. And the Phillies have their two aces, you know, going in the next two. So while they were underdogs heading in, Right now, feels like a 50-50 proposition. And, you know, the Braves, for as dominant as they've been, I tweeted this out after game one, you go back to the end of the 2018 season when the Braves began their run of five straight NL East crowns. The Phillies and Braves are 35-35 and 35 against each other over those 70 games. So it's not like the Phillies have been manhandled. I mean, there have been certain games where they've gone down to Atlanta and the Braves have pounded them, but they're confident against this team. And they have less to lose than the Braves. You know, they didn't win 101 games. They weren't, they're not defending a, a title. They're not, they weren't expected to make a deep run here and kind of see that playing out on the field. No question. I think the Phillies are very loose. I mean, they're on the road. They're underdogs in these series. And they're just playing, like you said, very loose and, and, and playing very well. Zach Wheeler's pitching in his hometown. Um, I've asked him about that before. He's dismissed it as no big deal. Uh, I don't believe him. <laughs> I think it is a big deal. He, you know, you get family and friends at the game, um, and he, I think he, I think he enjoys pitching well against the team he grew up rooting for, um, and I think he enjoys pitching for the Phillies. He came here as a free agent. I think he's loving life as a Philly. He's gotten better as a Philly. Um, he talked about, you know, when he came here, he was kind of eager to see what the Phillies analytics program could do for him and, and making him a better pitcher. Uh, and and it has. He's really bonded with the the pitching coach, pitching coaches. You know, Caleb Cotham, and Brian Kaplan, and some of the game planning people. He's really bonded with JT Realmuto. He loves pitching to JT Realmuto. Um, so it's it's come to the point where every time he takes the mound, I expect a good one. Um, you know, to me, seven innings is a good one. I know they say six innings and three runs or less is a quality start. And, in this day and age, yeah, I guess it is a quality start, but I think Zach Wheeler is an old-school guy who, when he takes the mound, he's, he's looking to go the route. He's looking to go nine. It uh, doesn't happen often in, in today's game, but I would think if you can get seven from Zach Wheeler tonight um, and you're looking at Ranger – uh, you're looking at Sir Anthony Dominguez and Jose Alvarado, uh, you might be in a pretty good spot. But they're going to have to hit. They're going to have to hit. Um, they're, you know, Kyle Wright, he's pretty tough. He won 21 games. He, I think he no hit the Phillies for like five innings up in, up in uh, Philly in September. I mean, he's, he's good, but again, 
early runs and good defense can you know mean so much in any game, especially in the in the postseason. So got to go out and get some early runs here. Phillies have been playing some good defense so far in the playoffs, knock on wood. Uh, we went into the season thinking it was going to be one of the, you know, bottom third defensive teams in baseball. Phillies committed the third fewest errors in the majors this season. That's not the only indicator of whether a team is a good or bad defensive team, but they certainly were good enough to get to this point, and they've played clean baseball so far in these three games. They have. I mean, defense has hurt them big time at times throughout the season. The first two months, it hurt them. Um, it went a long way to costing Joe Girardi his job. Uh, that one road trip where they went, uh, what, two and five. And one of the losses was in Atlanta. Lost a couple in New York. I mean, uh, the defense was absolutely horrendous during that entire trip. Uh, and then if you remember earlier in this trip in Chicago and at the end of the last homestand, um, it wasn't good even going into Washington that first game. So they have these – they have they go into these defensive slumps, um, but I agree with you. It's been much improved over the course of the year, but there's been a couple pockets where it's been bad. Um, they need to avoid those pockets, and they have here recently. Um, and I wonder if because it's because of the intensity of these games, the focus is is heightened. Um, and hey, whatever it takes, keep playing good defense. Uh, Alec Bohm had a terrific defensive series in St. Louis, um, ranging toward the line to catch a couple of line drives, starting a couple of key double plays. Just keep it going. Got to play good defense. And then on top of it all, I mean, you know, when they put out the season highlight video at some point, you know, Castellanos' catch will be prominently featured. You know, great defensive play. It just – Right there capsulizes how important defense is because that was a game swinger, a momentum swinger, a game saver. So uh, they need to play good defense behind Zach Wheeler because he's a guy who likes to keep the ball on the ground, throw a sinker. Uh, and if they do and get some early runs, I think you know they have a chance to be go from being in a good spot to an even better spot. But you know we'll see. In talking about early runs, um, you know, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I get asked a dozen times a day. I'm sure you do even more uh, about the top of the lineup. It's yeah. been a constant theme throughout the season. Uh, Kyle Schwarber has gone 16 straight plate appearances without reaching base. He did have two sack flies against the Cardinals, but 16 yeah. straight without reaching base. Reese Hoskins is two for his last 33, dating back to the end of the regular season. Uh, the Phillies did score seven runs, obviously, in game one. You don't foresee any sort of change coming to the lineup, do you? I don't, and I've talked to Rob Thompson about that, and I uh, talked to him about that in Chicago, and uh, a couple things at play, a few things at play. One, Schwarber likes hitting leadoff. Uh, he feels most comfortable there, and it's managers, you know, if, you, know you want to get your guys in, in, in places where they feel comfortable to do damage. Um, okay, devil's advocate, he's not doing damage, but – you keep him in a spot that he feels comfortable, you know, something might click and you might benefit as a team. So Schwarber likes it there. Their entire rebirth in June came with him in the leadoff hole. They played good uh, with him in the leadoff hole. He kind of wants to, you know, you know, you dance with the girl you brung, you know, that old saying. So he wants to do that. And on top of it all, if you start changing now, it looks like panic. And that goes, like, right through a clubhouse. 
like like wildfire. The skipper's panicking. And that's one of Rob Thompson's strengths. He is not a panicker. He don't he doesn't panic. You know, and there's no room for that in baseball. So for those reasons, I think he's sticking with Schwarber and Hoskins at the top. Um, you know, Harper similarly feels comfortable in the three-hole, likes hitting in the three-hole. Uh, Thompson has tinkered with that against left-handers, but it's for strategic reasons. You know, against left-handers, he'll, he'll, he'll go to – He'll put Harper um, fourth to give put a little more air um, between the two lefties, uh, Harper and Schwarber. I mean that's not a panic move; it's a strategic move. So uh, I don't think he'll change the lineup at this stage of the game. I think you you, you, you let him go, and then you know if Harper, if uh, Schwarber has a big night, you you bask in it and you say that's why I have faith in my player. So. I think that's where that stands. I've asked him, and unless he overnight changes his philosophy, I think we'll see Schwarber at the top. Hoskins um, with the right-hander, I guess you could go Harper three. We'll see. All right, well, Zach Wheeler versus Kyle Wright in game two. That is this afternoon at 4.37 p.m. Uh, Thursday is an off day in this series. And then the Phillies are home Friday for their first home playoff game since 2011. Uh, that game is a uh, 437 start. Saturday would be 207. If it's played Sunday would be another 437 game. So the Phils look to take a commanding 2-0 series lead on the Braves down in Atlanta. Thanks a lot for listening to this Phillies Talk podcast. We'll be back soon. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.